Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 57. Michael is in sunny Queensland at the moment, while um, Russ and I are here in dreary old Canberra. Not as bad as recent weeks in terms of weather, though. Uh, Russ, how's it going today? Thanks for joining me again. Yeah, not too bad, actually. Thanks very much, Matt. It's been an interesting weekend, hasn't it? It wasn't actually as cold as we thought it was going to be, so... <laughs> More for Michael for going away to Brisbane for gallivanting around. What a life that is, hey? Certainly is. Queensland, in terms of weather anyway, would be the place to be at the moment in Australia in that regard. Let's start with West Canberra Wanderers, 2-2 with Canberra Olympic, Geno Ceruti, Thomas Barbatano, uh, and then Luca Flores and Alan James with the goals for Canberra Olympic. Um, West Canberra Wanderers opened the scoring after Angus Bailey put it, put a free kick into the box. It was ricocheted, it seemed, off the defender into Geno Ceruti, who um, brilliantly brought it down uh, to bury it for 1-0. Olympic struck back uh, not long after, making it 1-1 after Alan James put a great ball into Isosa Rehegi. He broke off, cut it back across the keeper to Luca Flores, who put it in the back of the net. Five minutes later, Jackson Paisler put a great uh, cross to Zach Barbatano, who was able to um, slide and reach the ball and hit it across goal. Not very easy to do there. Um, great sequence as well that led to that for the Wanderers. Three minutes later, though, Olympic struck back after Alan James converted from the spot kick. Um, just before halftime to bring it level, this result means Olympic are now three points behind O'Connor in fifth place and West Canberra gained one point on uh, Belconnen United and are now trailing by seven points. West Canberra, though, still yet to pick up their first victory of the season. Lot in this one, Russ. What did you make? What did you make of it? Yeah, very entertaining game to watch, wasn't it? I mean, there was four goals in it. Either side could have won it. West Canberra really could have had it done by halftime, to be honest. Um, as they've done a couple of times this season. Jonas Ruti's goal was well taken, but on another day he might have had a hat trick, missed a chance earlier than before that, and then one right on the half time, which he was through the middle. Uh, great save from Seb Usai in goal, but I mean, he probably should have buried that and. He knows that. Look, they show great commitment to lead twice, but they've coughed up two goals on the, again um, and they've coughed up points again. And for Dom English and, and George Economopoulos, it's getting a little bit late to, to start pushing um, up the table. I read a feature with them today, which you can read on the Capital Football website tomorrow, written by one of my interns, Sonia, Sonia Emmanuel. And, and she's still they're still engaged with the fact that they might make the top four. And, and you know, that, that positive thinking is only going to help them. But they've got to start putting, picking some points up. It's getting to that latter stage of the season now. We're halfway through the campaign. Um, they've got two points on the board. They're only seven points away from the teams above them who are all clustering for that top four spot. But they need to start picking up points and soon. Uh, I think Robbie Kadnach would be a little bit disappointed with the way his team played on the weekend. He would have felt that they did enough to, to perhaps win that match as well. They clawed themselves back conversely from, from behind twice to get level. Uh, couldn't kick on with it. Um, their attacking momentum and fluidity wasn't as good as it has been in recent weeks. Uh, but at the end of the day, 2-2 was probably a fair result in the reflection overall. And point really doesn't help either side too much, but it's not a disaster. And uh, whilst we're on this subject of Canberra Olympic, just a shout out for Oli Vidika. We mentioned him on the weekend. He's had his open heart surgery. Um, and he's recovering very well. And I know he was watching the game on the weekend. He was sending us some photos of his heart rate spiralling um, as Canberra Olympic were going through the ebbs and flows of that match. So all the best to him on his recovery. Indeed, uh, uh, all the best to Oli Vidika. O'Connor Knights with a 3-2 victory over 
Tigers. Pat O'Rourke scored two goals. Uh, Noah Steinacker with the other goal for O'Connor. Uh, Pat O'Rourke own goal in terms of Tigers and a Nick Popovich penalty uh, in stoppage time. O'Connor Knights took the lead uh, twice, like we said, through uh, Patrick O'Rourke. Uh, one of them was a tap-in and one of them um, yeah, one of them was resulting uh, from a goal kick. Um, O'Rourke also chipped the keeper for his second goal, I believe, less than a minute later for his second. However, it was Paquetti Manda who, uh, fair to say, grabbed the headlines with probably, from what I've seen anyway, one of the best assists of the season. A Rabona beautifully went to the, you know, for the feet of O'Rourke, who also did very well to um, sort of uh, dink it over the keeper. Definitely check out that goal if you haven't yet. O'Connor went 3-0 up after Michael Adams does what he does best, weaved in and out of defenders in the box and then put the ball across to Noah Steinacker, who won the scramble against the keeper to put it in. Um, and then we mentioned uh, Tigers, uh, Tigers struck twice. It went in off uh, Pat O'Rourke for an own goal and then Popovich converted from a goal kick. Uh, look, the result probably... Russ does a little bit of a disservice to, to O'Connor from the game, uh, considering both those goals from um, Tigers were late in. Um, however, at the end of the day, O'Connor did get uh, the three points and now they're in the top four and they've still got a match in hand. Tigers, on the other hand, slipped to sixth, but uh, they're only four points behind that top four. Yeah, the Knights um, result was excellent, wasn't it? Great three points for them. I think Patrick O'Rourke can claim a hat-trick there. Got two at the right end and one at the wrong end, unfortunately. Although Sam Whitty is a bit annoyed because his header was uh, heading in, perhaps, before Paddy O'Rourke tried to put it over the bar and put it in his own net. So uh, it goes down as an own goal. But you mentioned it in the first half. There was two goals in 60 seconds. And that changed the whole complexion of the time. I mean, the Knights were playing quite well at that time and so were the Tigers. Wasn't much in it. Um, And then Patrick O'Rourke scores. And then the Rabona assist, as you said, was quite ridiculous from Fakedi Manzo. I'm sure his coaching staff, as he was lining that up, were pulling their hair out and going, why don't you just slide it through normally? Is, is that a sister <laughs> of the season for you? or? Sorry? Is that a sister of the season oh, yeah, for you so far? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. She's a good assist. I mean, it was unorthodox. Yeah. I mean, not one I would have tried myself. I would have tripped myself up, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, to have the ability and the vision to do that, I mean, as I, as I was saying, as a coach, you were probably looking at that going, what are you doing? And then it's a perfect through ball. And the finish still needs to be finished. It was a great finish from Buddy O'Rourke. He leads a golden boot race now with seven goals as well. So uh, he's in good form. But yeah, the two goals at the end of the game um, didn't do the Knights justice in a game in which they were three and up at that stage and comfortably in control, thanks to a first um, at this level from Noah Steinacker. I'm sure he'll score more pretty goals than that one as well. It was a bit of a scramble, but who cares? Goes in off the knee or it doesn't really matter. But those two goals at the end kind of, papered over the cracks, I think, a little bit for the Tigers. It's um, In my preview this week, you'll, you'll see I'll describe it as their Anis Horribilis. It's not been great for them. It's been uh, it's been from start to finish, from the first um, match of the season in the Charity Shield, where they've got hammered by the Panthers. They've been up and down, backward and forwards. They've not been helped, of course, by um, the thin depth of their squad this year. It, injuries to major players haven't, haven't helped them either. Uh, they've had to reshuffle. The shining light for them has been the performance of some of their younger boys that they brought in have, that have stood up quite well and uh, and are doing doing the job at the moment. But yeah, it's it's a tough one for the night uh, for the Tigers. They're, they're slipping down the table. They're going in the wrong direction. Uh, you'd have to say, even though there's points left, that they're not going to win the league this year. It's uh, their defence is gone in that respect. But can they get themselves into the top four? Yes, they can. 
can they be a threat when they get there? Of course they can. They've got enough quality in that team to be a threat whenever they play. So much like the Wanderers, um, but for different reasons, they need to start picking up points and quickly. And those two will be playing each other this weekend. So it's a good segue when we get there. Um, the other match that night, which you called um, with for sure, one nil Canberra Croatia over Monaro Panthers. Stephen Dominici scoring against his um, former side. Uh, Cassidy Tando started that attacker, uh, put in, putting in a great ball to Mate Busek, who eventually squared it for Dominici, who buried it past Thurtell. Emilio Kishto was sent off ten minutes from the end of the first half due to a retaliation after being tackled. Uh, Monaro were able, to, were able to hang in the game, avoiding conceding uh, despite being with 10 men. Jordan Thurtell, I saw, was named their, their man of the match by their uh, supporters club. Uh, once again, sort of just illustrating the superb season he's having so far. Once again, though, another good win for Canberra Croatia. It puts them six points above Monaro, who are now in third, uh, but they are still four points ahead of Bengali United, who are in second. Uh, a result with... Uh, Pretty big implications so far in the season, Russ. Yeah, massive implications for both teams and uh, not just the result. The uh, sending off of Emilio Kishta for violent conduct, for the retaliation, for uh, it, what was a horrible foul, actually, from Marco Gar. It wasn't a pretty tackle, um, but you can't react like Emilio Kishta did, unfortunately, for him. And uh, he's he's thrown a punch or, or reacted in some re- in way, shape or form that's uh, caught the attention of the officials and... Uh, he's got copped himself a straight red. And after that, of course, you're up against it. It's difficult enough to play against Canberra Croatia with 11. So to play with 10 was tough. But credit to the Panthers. I thought they came at them in the second half and they had a go. And they had two chances from Nikos Kalfas to perhaps level it. And, and he didn't take them on the night. And it's one of those things. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Take nothing away, though, from Canberra Croatia. The first 20 minutes is the best I've seen them play this season. They were absolutely brilliant, yeah. causing havoc down the flanks. Marco Gar one side, Christian Tonoski on the other. Mate Busek was all over the place. There wasn't a bad player in a red shirt, and they deservedly took the lead. Steve Dominici took his goal extremely well. Um, it was a difficult finish. It was a great build-up, and the ball from Busek was superb. But it's still in the work to be done against the keeper of third tiles quality, and on the stretch, he did so. Frank Keisha tweaked the side after that. He put Carl Senior from full back into central defence, where I personally think is his best position. Um, that left Josh Calabria on the left flank and Darren Bailey on the right. And then all of a sudden, those um, running angles down the channels that, that Carol Croatia had in the first 20 minutes weren't there anymore. Um, second half, I think Frank Keisha would have been much ple- better pleased with what his side produced. Dina Greenwich, on the other hand, well, he would have thought perhaps wasn't their best performance against 10 men, but they were gritty. Uh, they always looked a threat on the break and it, it's a championship winning game. You go to places, your nearest rivals, you don't play particularly well for a lot of it, but you play well enough to get the result and they got the result. And that's the three points that, that you, as you say, put some four points clear at the top of the pile of the Gunners and a chance to extend that this weekend. And uh, the Panthers slipped back to six behind. But, you know, once again, we've seen two sides that are quality teams um, there's been one goal between them in the two games that we've seen so far at Riverside. And, you know, they're both great sides, packed full of good players. But at the moment, Canberra Croatia have the match winners in their squad. Um, as you said, implications for the longer term, Andre Carlout with the broken ribs for six to eight weeks. Uh, Emilio Kishta now, of course, will be suspended for a few weeks. So, yeah, uh, key players going out at the wrong time for the Panthers. And you mentioned the, the team that are now in second place. That has been Garland United. That was after their 3-0 victory uh, at the AIS against Belco. 
Uh, the goals from Samuel Habtemarium, Jeremy Habtemarium, and Will Roberts. Uh, Gagalan opened the scoring through Sam Habtemarium. Uh, I think I messaged you about this yesterday, Russ. It's seemingly more than half, at least, of that Gagalan team, maybe, what, three quarters of the team got on, um, got a touch on this ball in the build-up play, uh, which resulted in Tachenko running into the box and uh, squaring it across the keeper for Samuel Habtemarium. Uh, one specific chance I did want to mention, though, from Belko was Max Green, um, making a charging run, crossed it to Luke Vallone, who, um, as you described it, a cheeky back heel, um, which beat the keeper, but hit the post and and didn't go in. What a goal that would have been if that turned out. Uh, just before halftime, uh, Will Roberts scored uh, for the third game in a row after Leon Mickle. Uh, Mickle's uh, cross uh, deflected off uh, Habtemarium to the path of Roberts, who buried it. Gungali United buried the game, though, in the second half with their Third and final goal, it all started from a scintillating counter-attack where from which was literally just outside their own box. And Nico Abbott, uh, one one hell of a run, kept turning it up each gear, it seemed every stride he had, uh, just turned up that pace and um passed it to Habtemarium, who does what he does best, turned around his player and uh buried it past the keeper. Like we said just before us, huge win for Gangalan as this puts as this puts them above Minara in second place, while Bel- Belco. And now four points behind, uh, sorry, five points behind the top four and seven points ahead of West Canberra. Yeah, they were clinical and ruthless. Uh, Gungarland United in the attacking third. Um, that first goal that you mentioned was an absolute joy to watch. It was superb football from front to back. Uh, they carved Belconnen apart. And in the end, Sam Hauptemann has got the easiest finish of his life. But, you know, the build-up before that was was wonderful to watch. It was one-touch football and... Um, you know, as I said, they carved them apart. The second one from Will Roberts was a bit fortunate with the ricochet, but he's in great form, three and three now for him. And he took it like a player in, in the form that he's in. And then, of course, Jeremy Habtemarian comes off the bench to make it three, as you, you rightly said. And the, the irony wasn't lost on me that when they played at McKellar early in the season, Jeremy Habtemarian started the scoring and Sam came off the bench to make it three. And it was the other way around this time. And Michael Zukowski must be sick to the sight of the sight of those Habtemarian boys who contributed four of the six goals in the league against them. Look, it wasn't all doom and gloom, though, for Belconnen, because you mentioned Luke Vallone hitting the post with the back heel flick. Christian Kreskis thundered a shot against the crossbar as well, um, which had Jacob Quinn floundering. And then there was that chance in the second half where Vallone somehow headed wide from about a yard and a half. I mean, it looked easier from where we were to put it in the net and... and we don't like to be hypercritical, but, you know, he knows as well as we do that he probably should have scored that. Would have made it 2-1 and, and it might have been an interesting game from them on in. So from Marcel Munoz's point of view, again, he's got the stacked bench. The superstars, if you like, were all on there. Felipe Bernabeu Madrid, Nico Abbott, Jeremy Abtamarian and I um, uh, can't remember who else was on there at the moment. Michael John. Um, but, you know, they were all on the bench and it was the young boys he'd given the, the shirts to that against the Panthers that played so well that kept their space, places. And they did again. Leon Mickle, outstanding. Will Roberts scored his goal and was an absolute menace along that line. And Sam Hudson-Marion is getting better and better with every every minute he plays. So um, they'd be pretty envious, I think, of the riches that Gungarland United have. And it's keeping them all happy now for Marcel Munoz and utilising them when they see fit. Because whilst Nico Abbott was great off the bench, I can't see him wanting to be on the bench every week. Can't see Felipe Bernabeu Madrid wanting to be on the bench every week. But, you know, now they've got a, 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 a real difficult um, decision to make on who you pick. And and I'm, I'm, I'm with Marcel on this. The ones that have got the shirts yeah. um, and are playing well, stay in there. And it's up to the other ones to dislodge them when they come in, whether that be in training or elsewhere. But it's a great problem to have for Marcel Munoz. 
for Marcus Zukowski's Belkan, and as I said, there were chances. Again, approach play was pretty good in the final third. Christian Kreskus, I uh, love watching him play. He's just pure pace and, and power. Players bounce off him. And if he can find that end product, whether it be a finish on goal or, or a final ball, um, he's going to be a real asset to them towards the end of the season. And as you said, they're not far off the top four. Then again, they're not far off the relegation battle either. So, you know, a couple of results either way and they could be sucked in. Same as a few teams around there if the Wanderers start picking up on a run. But if they can go the other way and get a couple of wins under their belt, they're in the top four. So, yeah, it's a, it's an enthralling competition. But Gunners well deserved their win on the weekend. They were thoroughly deserving of the 3-0 win, but a bit harsher on Belko not to score. And Belko do have that opportunity to make up some points, uh, but it does come against a side uh, which they haven't been able to pick up points from this uh, this season in Canberra Olympic uh, as they play each other at McKellar Park Saturday, June 25th, 3 p.m. Uh, Michael said, Michael says an Olympic victory here. I'm, I'm going to go with the draw. Like you said, Belko still have, you know, been in pretty good form despite, um, despite the loss. They got the win. Um, obviously weren't able to, um, uh, you know, be up to scratch with Gengarland, but, you know, they've shown enough and so have Olympic. Uh, granted, Olympic have been on what is two draws now in a row. I, I guess for me, I'm saying it's going to be a third, but I think this is going to be a very competitive matchup. How about, uh, do you have yeah, any uh, feelings I, on this one, Russ? Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. Look, both sides are on the coattails of yeah. the top four at the moment. Both sides will want the three points to keep on the coattails of the top four. Uh, should they not get them, of course, then they step away from that because there's a chance that O'Connor might win. There's a chance that the teams around them might win. It's that kind of league that we're in at the moment, of course. So whilst a um, a victory isn't, isn't crucial for both teams, um, I think avoiding defeat is the key on this one um, to get a bit of momentum through. Wouldn't be surprised if it is a stalemate, but, you know, both sides full of goals at the moment and full of opportunities, rather, I should say. There's been chances for them. Just need to be able to take them. Uh, be a good match to watch. It certainly will. And next up, Tigers FC against West Canberra Wanderers. Saturday, June 25th, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. Um, this one, I believe, was a draw last time out at Melrose. I'm going to say it'll be a draw again. I think, uh, you know, Wanderers, uh, they've taken the lead quite a bit and it just seems like uh, recently they just haven't um you know been able to keep uh from conceding an equalizer at the moment and tigers um you know despite probably being second best against o'connor um they did you know sort of make try and make that fight back at the end and they need to start picking up points quick as well so i think this one's going to be a draw michael says a tigers win here any thoughts on this one russ yeah, this is the game we've picked to commentate on on Saturday. Myself and Steve Forshaw will be on this one at the AIS, and I picked it for a number of reasons, and mainly because I believe that both sides are going to come out firing and they need the win. Um, Tigers, of course, are having a bad season. We mentioned it just before in in, in the uh, uh, review of the previous round, and, and the Wanderers as well need the points too. Um, they've led the last three, as you quite rightly say, and they haven't held on to any of them. Um, and, that, and that's the key. They're still recovering from the cup final, let's be honest. It's going to take them a long time to get over that. They might not get over it this season or next season. It will be a long, long time before they can let that one go. But this one on the weekend has got the real makings of a of a really important clash. Both sides know this. Um, I think there's a lot of quality in both teams as well that, that can cause problems. When I did the game at Melrose, um, the Tigers defence didn't particularly cope very well with the pace of the front three up front for the Wanderers. Now, that might have been because it's on Melrose Synthetic, which is a very difficult pitch to play on for, for any side. Nick Popovich is in form again now. He's scoring goals, leading the line. You feel that 
from the body language of some of those players, it's it's perhaps not the most harmonious place to be at the moment, the Tigers. But I always like watching them play because they always give you something. It, whether it be bad or good or indifferent, there's always something there with the Tigers. And I feel that this weekend, this game could be an absolute firecracker and there might be plenty of goals in it. It very well could be uh, another match that we have on that same day at the exact same time. O'Connor Knights against Monaro Panthers, Saturday, June 25th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor in close. Michael's going to say a draw for this one. I'm I'm going to go through an O'Connor win here. I've, I've said constantly I love watching O'Connor play, the way they play football, and they've been able to get big results um, against the big teams as well. And I think what we've seen recently over the last couple of weeks is uh, you know, close enough to the full potential of O'Connor when they aren't playing, you know, four games in uh, 10 days or, you know, that whatever that schedule uh, was for them at that point of the season. You're seeing, a, you know, a team that's, you're seeing them, you know, you're seeing it uh, flourish for them on the weekends. In saying that, though, I think it's going to be a, a very close matchup. Of course, uh, Monaro without Carl and Kishta for that one. So it's going to be an interesting matchup this one as well. What do you think about this one, Ross? Yeah, again, another cracking game. We say this every week, all the matches are really important, but I think this one, again, yeah. vitally important for both teams. I mean, of course, they're O'Connor win and they're suddenly right behind uh, Monero Panthers with a game in hand. A Panthers win gives them a bit of breathing space. Um, for everything you've said about the O'Connor Knights, I agree. I mean, we love watching them play because of their attacking intent, because they love to go forward, because they love to keep going. And I think this might be their downfall in some games this season. and It has been in matches we've seen almost was on the weekend. They're 3-0 up. They're comfortable. They don't need to go looking for any more, but they tend to leave huge gaps because they've got this really um, positive mindset that they just want to keep scoring goals. And I don't think Miro Trinic wants to coach that out of them because that's their that's their ethos. That's their way they play. Um, now, against the Panthers, of course, you've got players that have got real quality in and around that, that middle third and the final third. There's players that, that can sit in that middle of the park and use those gaps like Zach McLaren and Gabe Cole to good effects. And the question for the Panthers is now, have they got the firepower at the other end to deal with it? Um, there's Kofi Danning in there, of course. There's uh, Jay Selden. Uh, they need a bit more out of him, I think. Um, and they can get a bit more out of him. So this should be a really intriguing match to watch. Two two sides that will play football, two sides that will go toe-to-toe. And yeah, look, all three results are, are a possibility and a, and a draw wouldn't surprise me. And next up, we have Canberra Croatia, Gungahlin United, Sunday, June 26th, 3pm at Deakin Stadium. Uh, this one over the last three seasons or so is always a, a fiery affair, always um, always something in it, whether it's uh, one team uh, dominating the other or whether it's a draw, whether one... We've, we've literally seen every possibility over the last couple of years with these three teams. Um, anyway, Michael's saying a draw for this one. I reckon... I'm going to say Croatia just to clinch it. This is going to be such a tight game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's only separated by a goal, whether that's a lot or not many goals. We'll have to wait and see. Like we said, there's all possibilities for this one, um, but it's going to be such a close game. It's going to be really interesting. Um, Obviously, you're going to be looking forward to calling uh, this one, Russ. Yeah, myself and Ian Worthington will be at this one at Canberra at Deakin Stadium. Uh, As you mentioned, last three years, there's been some real spice between these two. There's an undercurrent boiling between these two sides that, for some reason, they don't like each other very much. And it, and it usually turns into a must-watch football match when they get on the park together. I mean, I think it was only last season that uh, Gunners went to Deakin Stadium and won 5-1 away from home. And um, we were there for that one. It was a quite extraordinary performance. Uh, there's match winners everywhere you look on that field. And, and two of the most stacked benches you're going to see 
no matter which players are picked and which ones are left out, the two benches are huge. I mean, you could combine them together and put a side in that would probably compete for the top four um, in the Premier League. It's it's going to be a, an absolute belter of a football match to watch. As for who's going to win it, well, who knows? Gunners are in great form at the moment. Um, I think going forward, they've been great. As I mentioned in the review again, they looked a little bit shaky at times defensively. Um, I think that's a question of just getting numbers back and 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 sorting that out because they've got some of the best players in the division back there in, in Jack Green and Bernard Brené centrally. Um, yeah, uh, Deacon can hurt them. Gunners can hurt Deakin. I think it's going to be a really good game to watch. Uh, there's bound to be some things happening as well. There's duels all over the park that, that will be worth watching and neither team will take a backwards step. So whatever you're doing on Sunday afternoon, I suggest maybe stop at 2.55, tune in and watch the match for two hours. It certainly should be a cracker in that regard. As always, thank you very much for joining me, Russ. Uh, any final words before you head off? Any? Uh, I saw there's new signing for Canberra United as well as uh, the coaching staff being announced. Yeah, Nicoletta Flannery came on board this morning. There's a few others in the pipeline that we're keeping a bit quiet at the moment, but we'll be releasing over the next few weeks as well. So it's exciting times for the Women's Premier League as well. Exciting times um, in the Capital Premier League as well. I'm sure you'll be talking about that too, but uh, it's looking like a great competition to be involved in at the moment. Tobolong United just pushing themselves seven points clear, so that's fun. Um and I'm sure there's other teams will be keen to to close that gap. And uh, we just launched today uh, at Capital Football, the Club Lime Community Player of the Month Award. So each month we'll have a, a male and female community player of the month. We ask in the football community to to take some time out and just nominate. The form is very easy. You can go on there. And we're looking for someone who's done something special in your club. It could be a milestone appearance. It could be that they've scored 10 goals or it could be that they made some stunning saves we just want to hear your football stories and the winner of the community player of the month award both male and female will get a six month uh free pass to club lime so they can work on their fitness as well um so it's a win-win and we're just asking i've put it on my facebook page i've put it on the capital football facebook page please share it around uh please take some time out to uh to log in and and nominate your your stars because we don't know about them if you don't tell us and um, we want to tell the stories of these fantastic players that are in our community. And hello, everybody. Welcome to our MPLW section of the show. Joining me today, uh, first time in a while, Jeremy McGahn. Jeremy, how's it going today? Glad I'm to good. Have you back. Thanks for, yeah, glad to be back as well. Thanks for having me, Matt. That's uh, all good. And it was um, great commentating with you again on the weekend. Some good snapshots as well from Soccer Snaps by <laughs> Sal. Uh, shout out to Sal there. Go check out his work. Does some great work there. Let's get cracking into the show, shall we? Uh, we start with an interesting result over at McKellar Park. 1-1, uh, Belconnie United, Canberra Olympic, Karen Clark and Olivia Fogarty both scored late on for their sides. Olympic took the lead uh, late on after a scramble from a, a corner leads to Michaela Thornton, laying it off to Olivia Fogarty, who fired an absolute bullet, uh, I have to say, Jeremy, into that top corner. Uh, Belko struck back just before halftime, however, however, to make it 1-1 after Karen Clark whipped in a free kick uh, from just before halfway. It was one hell of a one hell of a strike, and it, it seems like it ricocheted off someone, um, but it went through into the goals. Uh, this draw means Olympic now drop another two points off the pace, and they are now four points off leaders, Canberra, Croatia. So even if they do, let's just say they beat Canberra, Croatia in a couple of weeks' time, Croatia will have that one-point advantage if it comes to that stage. So Canberra-Croatia, Jeremy, in the driver's seat at the moment, but it's still a very long season. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, it's this weekend, Olympic against Croatia. So we're, we're a few days away from uh, from that big game. Uh, but yeah, it was it was points dropped again um, by Olympic. And I think, you know, there's probably going to be a bit of regrets because uh, they had done the, the work up until then. They work well defensively. Belkonen, um, by all means, was in the game uh, for most of it. Maybe offensively, they were not as much a threat as um, Olympic was. But you look, eventually they were able to, to get the goal. I think the goal, although it's given to Karen Clark, um, could definitely be given to um, Riley Ewan because it looks like she's the one who's, who's deflecting that ball and clearly uh, changes the, the trajectory of it so that um, Jared King can't get it. Um, when I watch the, the goal, though, I see Karen Clark hitting that free kick and I see like a jungle of people in uh, the box. And I thought, oh, sure enough, it's sort of like a, a tactic where the Olympic team is down and then is going to, I don't know, run up to put everybody offside. But but then when it doesn't happen, uh, I don't know, it kind of felt like the, the job was made harder for Janet King, um, having to negotiate a long ball in the air with that many people into the box. Uh, and unfortunately, eventually with actually um, zero protection because Raleigh Ewan was right onto the goalkeeper with no defender around her. I'm sure when they look back at the video, Olympic will see that there was something to, to do there to try and keep the, the three points. Uh, that said, um, you, you, you mentioned it, that goal from uh, Lee Fogarty, poof, what a, what a missile uh, from, from the edge of the box. I mean, you know, credit where it's due as well. Mickey Thornton uh, gets the ball in the middle of the box, three players around her and she has the, um, the, the lucidity to see that her, her striker right behind her is, is in a better position and she offers it to her on the platter. Uh, it's, it was, you know, it was always going to be a very interesting game because the Federation got a couple of weeks ago. And as we say, every time those two teams uh, play against each other, a few Belconnen players who have changed, swapped jersey uh, in the offseason, there was definitely a bit of intensity and, and a few, um, I'd say, um, engaged tackles. But uh, but it was it was all on, on good spirits as it is always in uh, in the WNPL. I'm looking forward to seeing round three of this game because I think it's uh, it's one of those those games with of course the the duel with Croatia that is going to uh, to keep us um, awake until the end of the season. Yeah, my bad. It actually is this week. I don't know why I thought it was. You know why? Because on the weekend, we were yeah, doing I didn't get it up this weekend, so it just sort mm-hmm. of <laughs> went into my mind. Uh, one quick question about Belco before we move on. Uh, this is the, what their third competitive match against Olympic now. Um, haven't gotten the win, but got they've got a draw. They had a very good second half against um, uh, Olympic in the Fed Cup, and they nearly and they were, you know, close to getting a draw as well in that first round as well. Uh, but so this is the team, even though you know they are underdogs every time they face Olympic, they always step up to the challenge, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think you know it's it's. It's, uh, it's both teams. I think Belkonen steps up. I think Olympic as well. Uh, you know, they're still in their um, sort of infancy. It's the first season that all those girls are playing together. Uh, so as soon as they play against teams that offer a bit more of a resistance, and, uh, you know, we say it every time, and, and it's it's not to disrespect the, some of the teams in the competition, but when you play Belkonen, Canberra, Croatia, on, only once in a while, kind of thing, it's also hard for, the, for a team like Olympic to step up and to be ready for... The better, the better teams and the bigger challenges everywhere on the park. Uh, and I think that's what we see when, when they face Belconen. You know, not only they have to attack well, they also have to defend well. They're not allowed 
to make any mistakes in the middle of the park. Otherwise, they're going to it's going to be costly for them. And I think Belconnen uh, know that very well. You know, um, I said it last time. Scott Conlon um, mentioned that just before the the Federation Cup semi final. Um, Belconnen maybe doesn't see themselves being able to fight for the Premiership, but they know that for the two other trophies, it's just a matter of being good for 180 minutes. They were very close. For the Federation Cup, I think they have every chance to actually uh, challenge both Croatia and Olympic for the championship. Because if they make it to the semi-final, then it's just about to be good twice to be able to, to get to those teams. And we are seeing that they can get results. Uh, again, Olympic, it was a bit harder against Canberra Croatia. There's a wealth of experience, of course, at Deakin. Um, but, but I think it's very encouraging for the youth of Belconen um, that they can play to that level against Olympic. It's a nice little warning slash wake-up call maybe for Nicole Begg and, and her players that when they're going to have to play against those people, uh, against those teams, excuse me, they're going to have to really step it up themselves and uh, score when it counts and, and be very uh, focused up until the very last minute defensively. And moving on, we have... A, do we find out, is this the only nil-nil draw we've had so far in the league this season in terms of MPLW? West Canberra Wanderers, nil-nil against Walker City Wanderers. Big result, big result for Walker City Wanderers as, as they collect their first points of the season in this stalemate at Melrose. The draw means they are only three points now um, off Tuggeranong, still in last place. West Canberra uh, gained yet another draw for the second week in a row after they drew CUA next uh, last week. This means Belco only trailed them by one point. So it's starting to hotten up in that third position um thoughts on this result jeremy our first nil nil of the season bound to happen eventually bound to happen right uh, great result for the waga city wanderers have you mentioned it's great to get i guess half a monkey off the back and and get a point finally uh take off on the ladder uh you know it's a young team and, and we know the the uh, challenges that comes with uh the, the, this club in the riverina so it's good that they were able to to keep uh, west canberra to a zero zero on their home turf uh, at melrose with you know a synthetic pitch that um the waga city wanderers aren't used to play on as far as the wanderers go the one from west canberra uh, maybe a bit disappointing you know they 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 used us to great results. They beat Belconnen, uh, but then they play against Canberra United Academy and um, the Wagasti Wanderers, which are, you know, the, the, the table at one point was really split in two. So there are two teams from the bottom four and they're unable to, to get a win against those two teams. It's a bit disappointing in the sense of uh, it's slowing them down in, in their run for, for the semifinals and it's putting them in a position uh, where they could be in danger if they don't get results again against the, the Canberra Croatia, the Olympic or the Belconnens. Uh, so, so it's a bit disappointing when you see the game itself. I mean, West Canberra probably dominated most of it, quite a few opportunities. Um, some wonderful saves there by Ebony uh, Walker from, from the um, Wagga City Wanderers. And defensively, the job was done well uh, by the team from South and South Wales. As far as um, West Canberra defensively, they did um, have a few scare. I mean, they could have uh, been surprised here and there by, uh, by Wagga City. And I think it's also important for um, Wagasiti to understand that if they are good enough to defend like this and if they're good enough to put the doubt into the other uh, team's mind, they have to kill it. They have to be able to be a bit more efficient offensively because that's the way they're going to get their first win this season. It's encouraging for them uh, and hopefully they'll, they'll get that win soon. And next up, we have Canberra Croatia, 8-0 over Tuggeran United at home. Krista Hagen with a goal, Palombi with a hat-trick, Jenny Bissett with a brace. 
Uh, Grace Gill with a goal, uh, which was a penalty, and Bella Baric also scoring at the end. Some great goals here from Croatia. The second goal in particular, I thought was a great piece of team play, some good triangles, good one-twos, where maybe half the team, I think, maybe got a touch on that ball. Palombi's second, uh, second goal was a nice bullet above the keeper's head. Uh, Jenny Bissett got on the end of a cross and put in um, one of the better headers you'll see. Uh in Canberra, what a header that was. And Bella Barrett doing what she does so well. Uh, like you say, Jeremy, the ball is glued to her feet when she moves around players. This win means, of course, like we said before, four points ahead of Olympic who drew with Belko. Tough day at the office, though, for Tuggies. And uh, while it usually is against a switched-on Canberra Croatia side, unfortunately, they weren't able to uh, find that first half that they had against Canberra Croatia at home where... Canberra Croatia, you know, found it hard to break them down for the first half. I know the floodgates opened in the second, but uh, Tuggeron really showed in that first half. Unfortunately for them, they weren't able to replicate one of those halves here. Uh, thoughts on this result, Jeremy? Obviously, it's important for Croatia to go four points ahead now. Yeah, exactly. And, and it kind of looks like the training wheels are off for Canberra Croatia. Uh, you know, it's every season is the same. They start the way they start and then slowly but surely they become better and better and better. Uh, and they started well and they're just getting uh, in, into that second gear, getting ready for you know, round two, round three and then the finals. Uh, you know, we, we said a couple of times, oh, Brittany Panombi hasn't scored 10 goals yet. Hasn't scored 10 goals you, yet. And there she me. is now you, round, <laughs> <laughs> round 10 with, with 11 goals now. Um, so, so she's truly and well uh, there for the, the race for the golden boots. And, and yeah, you mentioned it. It was a, a splendid second goal uh, there. The, the header by Jenny Bisset um, reminded me a little bit of that header from uh, Robin Van Persie. Uh, when, when he jumps Same away from, from the defense, yeah. it's, it's hard, right, to head one forwards. Um, nice header as well by, uh, by Krista Hagen, perfectly weighted, actually. I think it's, uh, it's pretty hard to, to head a ball while you're, um, while you're going backwards, uh, and she, she did that well. Canberra Croatia is just impressive offensively. It, they, they just have so much firepower. It's hard to stop for any team, and, and as soon as you start, start conceding one, two, uh, then you're on the back foot, and if, and if you're not able to shut them down, it's always going to be complicated. And I think that was the case for uh, for Togonong. We say it every time, you know, when you play those teams, it's about learning, you know, how to concede less next time, learning how they play, observing uh, for for the young girls, trying to get a few tips from the, those experience players and, and those very talented players there at Deakin. Um, I don't think Togonong was going there to try and get a result. I think they'll get um, some information still for Canberra Croatia. I think it's the perfect way to, to make sure that the rest of the teams are aware that they are the reigning champions, that regardless of the, the, the bad result that they got, that semi-final elimination and that draw against Olympic, that they're in it to win it. They're in it to get a, a third premiership in a row. Uh, and, and it's going to make this duel this weekend even more important. It certainly will. And talk about a duel. We had one, didn't we, at Gungahlin in close. Gungahlin United 2, Canberra United Academy 2, uh, Whiteley with two goals, uh, McQueenie with a goal, and Hampson with a goal for CUA. Gungahlin came back from behind twice to share the spoils with CUA. We saw glimpses of what Gungahlin does really well in this matchup. The connection between the midfield, the triangles, the combination play, the skill with the DeMarco sisters and Sharon Chow all working together there. Uh, this was on display for both of their goals, especially uh, the first goal. Before that, it's arguable you can say that even though that link-up play was there in midfield, um, that in that final third, they weren't able to find their transition play. And then, uh, you know, five minutes later after we said that, the um, they score the goals in that regard. So 
Gangala probably would be the happier of the two to get a point uh, near the end in saying that, though, when they came off, it seemed like every player there was disappointed to get a draw, considering what that means um, for them at the table. Of course, uh, they're both uh, fifth and sixth, respectively, at the moment. CUA uh, started both the halves very strongly, I would say, Jeremy. Probably, they'd probably be a little more disappointed, um, considering they did lead this game twice, and uh, those. Really encouraging stuff here from CUA. Riley McQueenie scored an absolute belter of a goal from outside the box. Fourth time a charm, I think it was. That was their fourth shot from range. You can see they were trying to do that and trying to score from there. Um, yeah, and I thought McQueenie was probably, if I if we could choose a player of the match, I would probably say her. She was absolutely outstanding, I thought, in defense. Uh, the intensity, but the timing of her tackles, along with Nadia Zachman as well at the back, did very well. But also going forward, she um, they both proved... Uh, very good um, standouts for this side. They were very calm and composed on the ball. And um, like I said, you're starting to see that intensity now that we saw uh, that, that they had last season under Vicky Linton. So it was a very interesting match here, Jeremy. What did you uh, make of it all? Yeah, quite a bit to unpack, right? I mean, it was uh, it was an absolute pleasure to call that game with you, Matt. I think it was a, a good game, a bit of intensity. Here and there, some scrappy moments, but it was probably the result of, of the intensity and the aggressivity. Uh, Riley McQueenie, I can only agree with you, probably deserves player of the match on that one. I, I was texting with um, Sarah West after the game and I told her all the, all the good that I thought about the player and um, Sarah was saying that, yeah, every time she comes in, she just gives her whole training game whenever that, whenever the opportunity is there. Uh, she's there to answer. So it's great to see, you know, again, more youth talent coming in from, uh, from the academy as, as we expected to. It's good that they keep delivering. Uh, it, it would be disappointing, I think, for, for the academy that they weren't able to, to keep that game. You know, the first goal was great. The second goal was a bit of a fluke. Um, but, but what we see, I think, from both sides, actually, uh, is that they're great in the build-up. They're pretty good in the midfield. Um, the press sometimes is a bit uncoordinated, but both teams actually are suffering as far as their number nine goes. I mean, it's it's always hard to find um, goal-scoring opportunities for the academy. Uh, it's probably the name of the game. It's the youth. It's the lack of experience. It's the fact that um, they have to, to change their team a little bit too often, probably, uh, for, for Sarah West liking. For Gungalin, we, we said it at the at the preview. You know, you lose Jed Brown. You lose LKI Itolu. Um Michelle Heyman, who doesn't play every every game, of course. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden, you don't have anybody who can play in the number nine. I mean, Ella Brown was there this weekend and, and we've used, we're used to see her more on the wing or even as a right back sometime. Uh, so clearly we could see with her move, right? She kept taking the wing. We could see that she's more used to, to play to play wide. Uh, and so it's it's a bit harder to be able to find those targets. And then once, when every time you keep bringing the ball up, you struggle to find somebody free and an anchor player really um, in, in the number nine position. It's hard to always go back and defend. And I think that's what we see that Gongalin was not 100% focused um, for the whole 90 minutes. And that's what they concede. Unfortunately, like you said, we did see what Gongalin is good at. We did see the football that they can play and a lot of promises. Uh, it's just about putting those goals in. And I think it's true for both teams. But uh, of course, we expect Gungalin to be much higher on the um, on the table. So we probably expect them to find the recipe um, earlier than later. It's They're traveling to, to the Riverina. Might be a good opportunity for them to try and, and get that boost of confidence by getting uh, a win away. Um, of course, to, to be able to get that, they need to make sure not to uh, underestimate the Wanderers. 
Indeed, that is the case. Let's get straight into those games. You mentioned one of them there, but we'll start from the top. MPLW round 11 fixtures. We got Olympic versus Croatia, um, the big one, Sunday, June 26th, 2 p.m., 2.30, sorry, p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Michael said a Croatia win for this one. I'm going to go right down the middle with the draw. I think especially with Olympic getting that draw on the weekend, they're probably, not that they already wouldn't be extra pumped because they were two, you know, two points behind, but now they really, you know, it probably is more important um, to that they try and get the win. Obviously, Croatia, we all know their quality as well. I can't pick this one. I'm going to go straight down the middle. How about you, Jeremy? I'll go for an Olympic win just to be different for, from the two of you. But we know that it's just going to be a, a battle, right? For Olympic, it's oh, yeah. a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a, you know, win or die kind of thing. Because if they can't beat Croatia this weekend, uh, it might kind of be them saying goodbye to the Premiership. Because uh, it's hard to pick when Canberra Croatia can make a mistake after that game, uh, so they have to win. So you know, hopefully, it'll be enough of a motivation for them to uh, to do what they did during the Federation Cup semi-final to be able to uh, get the best of the reigning champions. Wagga City Wanderers, Bengali United, Sunday, June twenty-sixth, two thirty p.m. at Gissing Oval, over in Wagga. A Gungahlin only one win this season, I believe it was against Wagga. It was a positive result for Wagga. I just think. I'm going to say Gungahlin on this one. I just think I, from what I saw on the weekend, uh, the combinations, it's there. Um, the positiveness of that team is there. They just need to find it. Um, and I, I think this could be a chance for them as well. Michael saying Gungahlin win. How about you here, Jeremy? Yeah, I'll say the same thing. I think it'll be a, an interesting game and I don't think it'll be as uh, open as it was during uh, during round one because um, the Wanderers are, are a bit better in, in form. Uh, but yeah, I'll go for Gungahlin win anyway. Tuggerang United, West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, June 26th, 2.30 p.m. at Canberra 201. This should be an interesting one. West Canberra haven't uh, haven't lost um, haven't lost yet to anyone who isn't Canberra, Croatia or Olympic, uh, but they have got a few draws recently. So maybe this is the time for uh, if Tuggerang United are going to get some points against them. I yeah, they're just so solid at the back, aren't they, West Canberra? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a West Canberra win here. Have it, and Michael says that as well. How about you, Jeremy? I'll go for a draw. I think Targonong will uh, will will play uh, their best level to try and get a point against one of the top four. It'll be a, it'll be a good performance for them. Um, so yeah, I'll go for a draw. And another match that should be a very interesting one: Canberra United Academy against Belconnen United, Sunday, June 26th, 5:10 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. Uh, Mark says Belko here. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say Belko, but I think this will be a very close matchup. But I just think with Belko's, you know, get, getting another draw, another positive result against someone like Olympic, I think that's only going to do them good in that regard. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I'll go for Belko win as well. I, I do think that's going to be a, a very interesting game. It was only decided by one goal last time around. Um, but Belconen has, has the experience and same thing. They know that there's something to do with uh, Canberra Olympic and Canberra Croatia facing each other this weekend. So I'm sure uh, Scott Conlon and, and Maddie Moore will be there to motivate um, their girls to, to get a result when it matters most. Jeremy, thank you very much for joining me as always. Uh, any last words before you go? I say you've been doing quite a few um, videos on your French football podcast at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not stopping into the offseason, but there's still so much to talk about in, in French football that I won't stop. And uh, no, th- thanks for having me, and uh, I hope I'll see you uh, Saturday. Come to O'Connor, let's call that uh, Olympic Croatia game together if you're free. On Sunday, man.
on Sunday afternoon. So well, I'm going to rock up there on Saturday and be like, well, where's the game? <laughs> well, then well, it is. You'll be at the, um, I think it's O'Connor against Monaro. So you'll be That's rocking true. up. I'm not sure if Russ is doing that one. I'll see Russ football. What are you doing here? I didn't realize we're having three contests today. <laughs> awesome. Ready with my label mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our CPL segment. Rejoining us on the show for the first time in a while is Chris Webb. Webby, how's it going, mate? Thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, really good. And uh, thanks again for having me. Anytime, Webby. Let's start with the Riverina Derby, shall we? 2-1 to Wagga City Wanderers. Kadzola and Ocheng with the goals for the Wanderers. Donadell with uh, Mason Donadell, I believe, with the goal for Ugali. Huge victory for the Wagga City Wanderers in this derby. Wagga came from uh, behind 10 minutes after they conceded to go, um, you know, to go level in the game. Uh, that was from the Kadzola strike. Uh, they needed, and they needed to score later on um, in a tough battle um, uh, for Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, huge result for them as they are now only two points off the top four. Ugali, on the other hand, this is their second loss in a row after falling to Tuggies last week. But before that, um, before that, they they had some pretty good form going for them. Unfortunately for them, though, this loss means they are now five points behind uh, Wagga in seventh place and seven points off the top. Four, uh, Webby, uh, thoughts on this one? It's both teams that have had um, probably up, up and down uh, seasons. They've both had some very, uh, very good results, but um, they're probably a, a mixed bag so far. Yeah, look, it's probably going to be the uh, theme for the evening, but it's just the consistency of squads that teams are being able to put out. Um, was always going to be a problem this year with COVID lurking around. Um, but, you know, Yagali has clearly been um, hit. And it was all, it's always hard for Yagali, similar for Wagga. When they have to travel, it's hard to always full strength travelling. But it seems even playing some games at home, both, both teams have kind of been missing players a fair bit, even at home. Um, and so it's always hard to predict these games. You would have thought Yagali at home probably um, would have got through this one. But... Um, you know, only two weeks ago they were ahead of uh, ahead of Wagga on the table, um, but Wagga's two wins in a row and um, all that. You know, that's how tight it is, kind of down the bottom. That just chucks you straight into the top four mix. Um, but look, as I said, they've both been, and as you said, both been pretty inconsistent. And consistency is the key to kind of get through into that top four. Um, they've both had some pretty big wins over some of the top teams. Um, but then they've had some kind of big losses in terms of, you know, goal difference. So um, I think it's going to be hard for both of them to, to make the top four from here. But I think both of them are still, uh, still both have a shout, I think, um, mainly because those top three or four teams are not consistent either. And so they're not racing away. There's only, as we'll talk about later, really one team that's racing away and everybody else is kind of picked going on little runs and dropping. So it's definitely not over. But I, I think for Yigali, it's really about uh, how they can just get the people on the park. I think that's going to be the, you know, we're not even halfway through the season and that's yeah, how they're going to go for the next kind of 10 or so weeks, really. And next up, big win for Brindabella Blues, 3-2 over ANU. Dagan Smith, uh, won your own goal and... Uh, Majority Banks goal as well. Dean scoring both the goals for ANU. Chase Dean's put ANU in the lead through a header off a corner. 
Uh, just before halftime, it was another corner and another header. Uh, but this time it was the Brindies that equalised through Deegan Smith as the youngster adds to his growing goal tally for this season. Brindies uh, proceeded to mount their lead, uh, adding another two goals to their tally uh, through a Wonya own goal and a Majority Banks um, completed a, a Majority Banks completed a stellar bit of team play from uh, what I saw there. Uh, Chase Deans was able to grab another uh, another goal after uh, ANU were able to put a great ball um, over the top to him and he, uh, he chested it uh, and then swerved his defender and uh, placed it in the bottom corner. So good goal there from Deans. Uh, this win for the Brindies, though, means they remain within touching distance of the top four. And when we mean touching distance, probably a pinky in terms of um, uh, goal difference is the reason why they are in fifth place. Uh, so they're, yep, they can uh, they can sniff it now in that regard. Uh, loss for ANU, though, means they fall below White Eagles into fourth place, uh, and they're, they're now two points behind White Eagles. Quite a lot in this one in terms of both team seasons, but um, fair to say, Webby, uh, that considering how well the Brindies have performed against top four sides this season, a win against someone in the top four was bound to come, was it not? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, we've talked about uh, Brindy a fair bit and, you know, extremely well coached um, and Ray's really got a, a young group who he knows he can mould and um, even though they're young, there are some very good key players in that team with a lot of experience, NPL experience, Um you know, his son, for example, Jordan Host, Curtis. So it's it's a good spine to that team. And um, with, with, you know, extremely well drilled, they're very, very difficult to play. They're, they're actually quite a good team to watch. Um, and it, it's not it's not that unexpected that they're picking up those wins. Probably what is the unusual thing is, is ANU's form. The, the up and down, um, ANU... They have been such a consistent team over really the last decade. Um, the only season, you know, they're five and five now, and the only season I can remember them being similar to this was the first year of COVID where we had that very short season. And, you know, I think it was an eight-game season and they were four and four and that that knocked them out. That knocked them out of the top four. Um, and so this season is very much um, echoing uh how that one went and so really the top four for a team that well I can say everyone but at least me uh, predicted to be 100% in the race um, for promotion now really can't even say that uh, the top four is guaranteed and while, while promotion is not 100% gone for them it will be they'll need a miracle quite a miracle to get them through from where they are now and it's just it's it's interesting to see you know look a lot of, some big changes. Um, I think Sam Carter's can never be underestimated the influence that he has um, on that team, and obviously changes in the coaching staff. But it's it's clear that everything is not a hundred percent there at ANU. And next up. White Eagles 6-2 over Western Malongolo. Skouros and Castillo with the goals for Western Malongolo. Uh, Buth, Kagala, Hines, Law, Deng and Cashman with the goals for the Eagles. Eagles jump into third place with a victory over Western. Uh, it's also their return to Woden Park. Haven't played too many games there since it's been uh, ravaged by wet weather. Western Malongolo haven't played there too much either. It's also their home ground. So both teams returning home. 
there were some really worked team goals here from White Eagles. When they start flowing, they really do start flowing. That is one thing that um, has always been a thing with White Eagles over, you know, for, for a while. Um, Western still eluding their first points of the season, um, but they were able to get a couple of goals in this one. And they produced um, some good pieces of play as well um, for some of these goals. The first one from Buth was aftermath of a mammoth free kick from far out. And then the second one I remember was a pretty well-worked goal. Also, uh, thoughts on this one, Webby? Yeah, look, uh, obviously I was there and so I can talk to you for two hours about this game. Um, White Eagles were good. Um, you know, Dayan especially, I thought, was very good in the middle. Um, very fluid how the team uh, flows from a from a 4-3-3 three, three to, to a back five or essentially a back three as the, the two fullbacks push up and Dayan drops from six into centre back and it's it's very seamless and it's, you know, it's hard for, for the opposition team um, to follow those. And when you've got very attacking fullbacks like Ed McCarthy, you know, it makes things very, very difficult to play against. Um, some of the goals were, were really nice, especially the very last goal. Um, Chile getting the ball down the wing and Kendrick made a really nice run into the box, but instead of squaring it across, he cut it to the top of the box and uh, Cashy came running in and buried it. It was a very, very nice goal. Um Look, Western, Western, it's just, uh, they're completely decimated. They're missing 14 players across the two squads. Um, on So, really, it's it's more of a miracle that they can even put teams out there. I think five guys started first grade who played in the 23s game. So, six six fresh players for first grade against a free-flying White Eagles team is not the uh, way you want to, um, set up for that game. Um, so all all the bench were young 23s players who came on after playing 90, um, and they they were instrumental in the second goal actually. So uh, Lorenzo Pilipau, his first ever game in first grade, um, really he had an absolute blinder for the last half an hour. He came on and set up uh, Trey Castillo with his first touch in his first grade debut, hit a lovely volley in. Um, and Chris McEwen, uh, who actually had a very, very good game, him and Will Liston at centre-back, actually I thought were quite outstanding, which is interesting when a team concedes six goals. But um, his free kick was fantastic. Possibly did cross the line, but Fodiscorus made sure that the ball ended up over the line anyway. So, look, it was good. Probably... Um, the, the goal a minute into the second half when when the Western centre-back and full-back collided with each other going for a high ball when there was no uh, pressure on them and then it just allowed Lee Hines to roll through and score you know, 35 seconds into the second half. I think that was probably the turning point in that game. If they could have held that only two-goal margin and got a goal back, there might have been a game, and only might, because White Eagles were clearly the better side. But that third goal was probably when a team is already on their knees because of uh, fatigue. I think that just probably put a kind of dagger through their spirit, I guess. But look, they just need to keep rolling on and and seeing how they can do it. It's very tough, you know. There's no coach, and and Chris and and Ash essentially play coaching together, so. Um, they're doing a really good job of just trying to keep the morale up. 
Indeed. And last up, the Michael and I were saying last week, it's it, it, it was the biggest game of CPL so far this season. Tugger and United against Queen City. Tugger and United come out victors. Uh, Walker and Stevens with the goal. Of course, earlier in the season, Queanbeyan did get the victory over Tugger and United. I believe it was 1-0 in that encounter at High Street. Sam Walker netted the opener for Tuggies after his penalty earlier in the game was saved. Uh, this was his 11th goal of the campaign, um, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Luke Stevens uh, was able to cap off a victory for his side in, in this top-of-the-table clash. This was a huge win for Mitch Stevens' side as they are now... On top of the table, above Queanbeyan by a massive seven points. Uh, Queanbeyan suffering their second uh, their second loss in a row and their only two defeats so far of the campaign. And it's also their fourth match where they haven't grabbed the win as they drew the other two before that. And like we said, unfortunately for them, they are now seven points behind Tuggerong, who lead the race for promotion. Um, with still more than half the season to play, Webby, you don't want to count out Queanbeyan just yet. However, seven points against the Tuggerong side that um, don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon uh, is a bit of a hill to climb. Yeah, definitely. So t- look, to say I was uh, disappointed with the results is uh, an understatement, and that's nothing against Tuggerong. It's just for the fact that I think they're that good that I don't see them letting this lead go. So I would have rather a Queanbeyan win just to make uh, a bit of a title race um, in here, that one point would have made things exciting. I Look, they've dropped three points in 10 games. I can't see them dropping seven points in the next 11 games, yet alone Queanbeyan going 100%. So, look, I, I've probably put the kiss of death on Tuggeron right now, but I, I think that they're going to, to go away with it. But they have to show the form. They've still got to play ANU twice. They've still got to play Queanbeyan again. So they can. They can drop those points and White Eagles. Um, and as you said, Brindy, there's, everyone can take points off them. But the fact that they've only lost that one game and essentially not just, you know, snuck one goal wins, but they've been reasonably comfortable wins in pretty much all their other games. I just can't see seven points getting dropped for them. But um, looking at massive kudos to Mitch um, and and Johnny Cadge for, for all the work that they've put in and, you know, just keeping the core of that team together that got relegated is uh, was a tough gig in itself. But, you know, the guys that they picked up, um, Sam Walker and Luke Stevens, massive pickups for them. And, um, you know, I, I'd almost think if those two were playing for them last year, would they have got relegated? Quite possibly not. And, um, you know, Queanbeyan, look, I think that um, it, it's disappointing for them for such a fantastic start to the season. Um, it's been a tough kind of last four or five weeks for them. Um, but, look, it's it's not 100% over and they can still keep going and they can, if they get a similar run to how they started, who knows? But similarly, if they don't uh, kind of get out of this rut, you know, White Eagles are only one win behind them now. Brindy, who are who are fifth, are only five points behind them. So all of a sudden, it would not be uh, outside the realms of possibility for them to find themselves out of the top four, you know, in, in even a few weeks. Similarly, they could almost be, you know, two or three points behind Tuggeranong in, in three or four weeks. So, look, it's a good football league. Um, I think Queen Bean have brought in a couple of new players, um, 
in this little transfer window, which will help them. Um, I think they might have lost the uh, Bhutanese Adorji, yep. player who came in. So, um, you know, it's kind of they're probably in maybe in a slightly better position, in which, again, this 21-league season, 21-game uh, season in in this COVID year, it's, it's a war of attrition to a degree. And so, you know, bringing in those reinforcements will probably help them out. It's certainly going to be an interesting end to the season. It's interesting how you brought up if they had Sam Walker and Stevens last season, would they have got relegated? Because one thing I think, you know, Tuggerong, even though they were in a lot of those games, they were competitive, it was goals that they were lacking last season. So it is an interesting uh, prospect to bring up in that regard. Let's head into the CPL round 11 fixtures. Let's start with Brindies against Western Malongolo, Saturday, June 25th, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park in Corwell. Um, Michael says Brindy's win for this one. I'm going to say Brindy's win as well. They've just been very, very impressive from what I've seen so far this season. How about you, Webby? Uh, look, um, again, I'll, I'll get in trouble, but uh, I'll say a Brindy Don't win. I, I'll say a Brindy win as well, purely because I think, uh, as I said, 14 players out last week. I don't think it's going to be much better this week. So it's not like there are players who are missing for a game. There's players who are overseas, injured, COVID, all kinds of things. So uh, it's it's still going to be a very big slog for Western, at least for the next three or four weeks. So, I, I look, I, I can't see them picking up points in that period. Next up, Canberra White Eagles, Ugali, Saturday, June 25th, 3 p.m. at Woden Park in closed. Marcus says White Eagles. Um, I agree. It should be a it should be a pretty close match. It's always a cracking match when these two play. But um, some of the free flowing play we've seen from White Eagles has been um, pretty impressive over the last couple of weeks. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to say Eagles. How about you, Webby? Yeah, look, um, definitely not a foregone conclusion, but I think I'll say Eagles as well at home. As we talked about, it's always difficult for Yagali to travel um, with their full squad. And, you know, Weagles look like, um, you know, talking to those guys on the weekend, they've got cl- not not full squad, but close to a full squad, but a very strong squad that they're putting out. So, um, you know, I, and I don't think it, that anyone really kind of pulled up lame on the weekend. So I think that they'll have a very similar squad. And look, you know, it's funny. I, I talk about this with a few people. Points tallies uh, are, are a good way of, looking at indication of how teams are going and that's obviously how leagues are decided but really a better indicator is goal difference in terms of the strength of a team and and white eagles goal difference is actually fantastic at the moment it's it's the second highest by a fair bit and you know while you know they're a plus 18 while your goal is minus 10 so it's that to me that kind of shows the kind of the form that these two teams are coming into so yep i'll go white eagles Next up, Wagga City Wanderers, Queenian City, Saturday, June 25th, 3 p.m. at Gissing Oval. This is an interesting one because if you're Wagga, this is probably the best time for you to play um, Queenian. Queenian had to come from behind as well. I know they had a few players missing in that Wagga match, but you know you have to play what's in front of you. And Wagga did take that lead, and Queenian did have to come from behind the last time they played. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Queenian victory here, but. I'm sure Wagga will be looking into this saying that they can get something from this game. I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, Michael says Queenbean as well. How about you, uh, Webby? Yeah, look, I, I, I say Queenbean too. And I think that from the disappointment of the Tuggeron game, as you said, 
they really know now they need to win to keep the race alive and they need to win to not get dragged into a race, you know, a fourth, fifth battle. Um, but similarly, yeah, Wagga, you know, two wins on the trot. If they can put both uh, Jake's, uh, O-Chang and Polonges on the, on the park together up front, it's very dangerous. It's a dangerous strike force um, and they can hurt pretty much anybody. So, um, as you said, you would not be surprised, but I'll, I'll tip Queen Bid as well. Next up, ANU Tugger United, Saturday, June 25th, 3.15 p.m. at ANU South Oval. Uh, this should be an interesting one. The last time they played each other was 5-1 to Tuggeranong. That's the one where I showed up in the second half and then it was already game over by that point. Um, yeah, no, look, Tuggeranong look um, in very, very good stride. Like you said, not only have they won a lot of their games comfortably this season, but the, a lot of the games that they have won comfortably, they've mostly been finished in the first half, um, which is interesting. Uh, in saying that, though, ANU, I know they came off a loss this week, but they did get a massive win over Queanbeyan, you know, like uh, not last week, but the weekend after, so uh, before. So ANU have proved that they can beat, um, they can beat the, uh, the sides on top of them uh, this season. It's just, uh, it's just whether they can put on that exact same performance uh, against Tuggies, who are currently flying at the moment. Um, Marcus says Tuggies as well. How about you, Webby? Look, uh, even though I said I can't see Tuggies dropping many points, um, I, I'm going to go for a draw for this one. Um, again, ANU, ANU have quality on the pitch. Um, to me, to be honest, you know, on par quality as Tuggeranong do. Um, they obviously just don't have the uh, structure and, and camaraderie and togetherness, I think, as, you know, it's just confidence is probably the right word, um, as Tuggeranong do at the moment. But as you said, they've been up and down. And if this is one of their ups, there's there's no saying that uh, ANU can't, you know, even win comfortably. But I think a draw kind of therefore suits my... Uh, sitting on the fence here, you know, with with Rory Spears being picked up from ANU uh, from from uh, Canberra, Croatia. You know, he's got NPL one New South Wales experience. Um, him and Max Model on the wings for ANU. It, that's extremely dangerous. Can hurt anybody. So um, while we know we talked about Tuggeranong's firepower, ANU has firepower, and I can see uh, I can see a couple of goals. You know, two, two, three, three. In here, surely it certainly should be an interesting matchup. Um, while we got you here, do you have a uh, what's your update from uh, State League One? Who's 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 leading the pack? Oh, god, um, you know, with our fantastic uh dribble, it's very <laughs> hard, to, you, very hard to keep it rest of these things but um look i know you know western um finally lost their first game last week um to bell north um who are very strong side um but they bounced back um just on the weekend just gone um with a very good i think it was an 8-1 win over one of the anu teams however i know uh gungal and juventus has been similarly putting in some gold they they won nine nil against madura on the on the weekend so um yeah, I think those two teams are probably just pushing away a little bit from everybody else. But, um, you know, one of the other ANUs and UC and and Bell North are still there and thereabouts um, in the pack. But I think it's it's looking like a, a Western Juventus race at this point. 
Yeah, the Battle of the Black and White Stripes yeah. it is. Uh, Webby, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, any any last words? No, no last words. Look, thanks for having me on, and I'll, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much. As always, everybody, enjoy your weekend of football. That was episode 57 of the Canberra Football Show.